Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get Can Lit, a podcast that showcases Canadian authors. I'm your host, Maria Zupardi, an avid Can Lit reader, and keep on listening to find your next favorite book today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the newest Get Can Lit podcast episode. Um, and today I'll be wrapping up some recent poetry reads specifically, um, another couple of other books that I've read or like are going to be finished reading soon. Um, go through some book mail really quickly. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, and of course, um, there's a giveaway tied to this episode. So anyways, stay tuned. <laughs> All right. So if you listened to the last episode, you would remember I had a list of poetry books I wanted to read for today. Let me quickly, since I'm on my laptop anyways, pull that up. How many did I have to read? Um, oh, is it not listed here? Oh, here we are. One, two, three. I think I had like six or seven books I wanted to read. I read three plus like three quarters of the other one. Um, so I think that's pretty good for me, especially with poetry, considering I'm not a poetry reader <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of myself of the books that I did read. I have learned though throughout this, um, poetry endeavor of mine that I think I really do prefer poetry books that are more memoir based or you know like just telling the story of somebody's life rather than just poetry just to write a poetry book if that makes sense because I realize like all of them are like fully like about an author's experiences but I feel like the ones about that are more memoir based I think <laughs> I don't know if I'm explaining myself properly but like I find myself connecting to those ones more so like for example I read what's this book called pistachios in my pocket by Sarah Farmond uh, published by at Bay press and then I also finished streams that lead somewhere by Farah Malik um published by Moenzi House and those books like really spoke to me like I loved the writing I loved the language in all of them um I comprehended exactly what was going on um so I was really proud of myself for like getting through those but when I read Letters in a Bruised Cosmos by Liz Howard which was really beautiful lyrical writing um a lot of the poems just kind of like flew over my head I don't know why. Maybe it's just the writing quality and obviously like I'm just not smart enough to figure it out, um, which is pretty fair. Like I don't want to burn a book because I don't understand like the message or like the meaning behind the poems. Um, but yeah, like it's definitely not for the casual poetry reader like myself. So I mean, I don't want to say I'm disappointed in it. Like I do have a few poems marked here um, that really stood out to me. But other than that, I just yeah, I wasn't... Um, I wasn't as intrigued by it as I thought I was going to be. Um, but yeah, but oh, I wanted to, one thing that I have marked here was in Liz Howard's notes section that I wanted to call out <laughs> um, for, it says, oh gosh, I cannot, I'm going to butcher this word, but for words in Anishinaabemowin, a sufficiently attentive reading will reveal any word's English equivalent. I loved that because... I have a strong opinion that if a book is or has words from a different language in it, I really don't think that a glossary is necessary at the end of the book. Um, I think we're all people with Google, very handy, 
on our phones <laughs> or like our iPads or our laptops or whatever that we can just like go and look it up which is what I did with this collection at times. Or again, like you just read the context around the poem or the words that you're reading and you figure it out for yourself. It's not hard. Um, so yeah, that's why I really, I just, I literally underlined and marked like dog-eared my page book. Um, I hate dog-earing my books, but it's fine. <laughs> for poetry, it's okay. I don't mind doing it as much. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a pretty quick rundown. Um, I think my favorite of these three I want to say like literary poetry collections that I read. Um, I really, truly loved Streams That Lead Elsewhere. Is that the right title? I keep messing, Streams That Lead Somewhere. Oh my goodness. I keep messing up these titles. Um, I apologize. But yes, my favorite poetry book that I read was Streams That Lead Somewhere. Like I really loved the, um, I just like the attention to detail, I think. And it reminded me of the other book I loved from Wednesday House, um, let me think of what it's called. Finish the Sentence by Leslie Roach. Like that kind of like um, stereotyping, um, being an immigrant experience, you know, surviving or living through hate crimes or the words that people use to obviously bring you down, like that kind of stuff. Like those, both of those collections have that, which I really, I love reading about that stuff. Like just because I learn a lot <laughs> as a white person myself, you know what I mean? Like it just opens, it just really hits home to me how shitty people can be sometimes, specifically sh how shitty white people can be sometimes. Um, and the one poetry book that I am like basically three quarters through is The Sun and Her Flowers by Rupi Carr. Now I know for us basic people or us basic girls, we love this shit and I'm eating this shit up myself. Like I find it so relatable. <laughs> um, I just finished the third section, which was called, let me find it. It's called Rooting. And I really loved this section. It was about mother-daughter relationships. Um, you know, the how her mother is an immigrant and how she hasn't had the same experiences that she has had. And like, it just really touched a nerve in me. Like I was somewhat crying, um, brought this basic girl to tears, <laughs> basically. So yeah, I think that even though it's a little, you know, like people have so much to say about Rupi Carr and how it's not real poetry or whatever. I think if people are reading poetry and they really love it that much, then it will lead them eventually to read, you know, like, more literary poems or something you know what I mean like like all the people on TikTok reading romance right now like they're gonna eventually most likely um you know move more into fiction maybe they'll start with contemporary fiction then maybe they'll try literary and then eventually maybe they'll try horror or dystopian or nonfiction. you know what I mean like it's just when you read so much of one thing you want more and I think that's what Ruby Carr's poems or poetry collections can kind of help lead more people to poetry. So yeah, shout out to the basic people who love Rupi because I'm a fan. <laughs> I think I, honestly, I don't know how memorable her books are though because I've only read like Milk and Honey and I don't remember jack shit about it. Um, but this one I think I'll remember. We'll see in like three months time <laughs> where I am with my memory basically. Um, but yeah, I think it is a really fun collection. I love the drawings in The Sun and Her Flowers. And I have Homebody left to read, which I didn't get to, which I think might have been on my last episode. I can't remember. Um, the other book that I know I didn't finish was, um, oh, this is leading into a rant. Hold on. What was the other book? <laughs> I had like a little list. I think it was called like The Untouchables or something. Like it was, 
I don't have the book with me. It's in the other room, Classic Maria. Um, But it had like that little devil animal thingy on the the cover if you listen to the last episode. (laughs) So that book I didn't get to, which is fine. Like I'll just read it another time. But then the one I really wanted to read was You Still Look the Same by Farzana Doctor. And it's packed away, stupid me, in my garage in a topin God knows where. Um, So this is where I rant because on Kobo, I did borrow the book before through Libby because like or Overdrive because they hook up with each other, Kobo and Overdrive. And then I bought the book. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just, you know, my hold basically or not my hold, my library loan kind of ran out and that's fine. So I always have the physical book with me, but then I it's obviously not with me right now. So I went to go borrow it again through Overdrive on my Kobo. And I borrowed it. It was fine. But then when you go to open it, it shows you like the Kobo preview of the book because I guess you had previously had it loaded onto your Kobo. It's like you can't actually read it, which is so annoying. That's the one thing I hate about Kobo and Overdrive. It's like, you know, if you let a loan run out and do you want to redownload it or whatever, for some reason you can't, like you have to actually buy the book. So I wasn't going to spend like (laughs) $10 or whatever because I'm a cheap bitch sometimes. Um, on a book that I already have a physical copy of. So you know what? I'm just going to wait till my books are all with me and it'll be one of the first books I read because I really want to read Farzana Doctor's um, collection. You still look the same because the cover is so beautiful. It's blue. It's got her eyes on it. It's just so pretty. Um, But yeah, so that's the one. That was my one disappointment that I couldn't do in time for this episode. So I apologize. And I'm so sorry, Farzana, if you're listening to this. All right, so moving on to a couple of mini reading updates, because that's all I can do right now, because all my books are not with me, and I'm so sad about it. I did, I think, finally settle on a bookshelf style, though. Um, So it's just a matter of, like, figuring out sizing and all that stuff. So I'll have to do that on my next homebuyer's visit, but I'm very excited. I can't wait. Uh, But anyways, I... What other reading updates do I have? Oh, I'm reading, I'm about like 50% through right now, Brown Boy by Omar Aziz. It's a memoir published by Simon & Schuster, I believe. I got it off NetGalley. It's really good. Um, I think it's out or it's coming out today. I don't know, but I, I hope it's in bookstores for Canadian Independent Bookstore Day on Saturday the 29th because I definitely want to get a copy because it's so, it's just a really great memoir like I don't know who Omar Aziz is um but like I feel like I know his name I just don't know from where like I've read his bio and everything I I just I really truly don't know him uh yeah so like it's a really interesting memoir um and I think the book would totally be worth it if it's in hardcover I'll cry though because it's so expensive but it's fine (laughs) I do want this book on my bookshelf so I'll uh, I'll I'm willing to pay for it oh my gosh okay Sorry, just adjusting myself here because I have no chair to sit on and my feet were falling asleep. Um, But let's lead to the giveaway. We have the Canadian version of Mad Honey by Katie Welch, which I did kind of talk about last episode, but I just wanted to re-talk about it again, especially because you go on the Get Canlit podcast Instagram page, you'll see a giveaway up there right now. So, you know, go enter, open to Canadian residents, have fun and good luck. Um, But yeah, it is a very cool book, I think. It had so much going for it. It has mystery. It has literary fiction. It has romance. 
Um, but I guess like we should say literary romance or a Canadian literary romance <laughs> type of thing. Um, it's got like intrigue. It's just very suspenseful. It's very cool. Dystopian, I think, in a way. Or maybe speculative fiction. I don't know the difference between the two genres. I should, though, because I just should. <laughs> but anyways, so I think if you it if you can, if you don't mind reading a book and like waiting a little bit to get into the book then you'll totally be fine with this um it did take like a couple chapters to kind of for the story to get going because I'm like where is this going like why am I reading this kind of thing (laughs) like I just think that um once you get past that hump of like learning who's who what the hell's going on type of thing then yeah like it's a really great book to enjoy um I do suggest you read the ebook because I just feel like the way that this book is made, like the paper is white. So it's kind of like, it's like a thicker paper than arcs usually have, but it's white. It's got a lot of words on the, on the page itself. So I find that like when, you know, when you read a book and it's like, it just takes too long to turn a page. That's how I felt with this book. So that's why I bought the ebook and switched over to it. Cause like, I just needed to keep myself motivated to like keep going um so yeah I do definitely recommend the ebook but the paperback book is just as pretty like that I find it so funny I keep that's why I keep calling it the Canadian Matt Huddy because I did post about this book on my Instagram and somebody is like oh I read this book I really loved it and I'm like I know they didn't read this and they're thinking about the Jody Picoult book which honestly was shit <laughs> I am so over Jody and like the stories she writes so that's why this is a million times better so if you're gonna read a book called Mad Honey read the one by Katie Welch because I promise you it is not basic and it's it's not the same formula of a book over and over and over and over and over again. So yeah, highly recommend Mad Honey by Katie Welch. And like I said, go enter the giveaway on Instagram right now. It's very simple. Follow this podcast. Um, bonus entries to follow my Instagram, Wolfsack and Wins Instagram and Katie's Instagram and just leave a comment and that's it. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to talk about quickly so many awards were announced this week. Um, and I know because some Dundon Press books have been announced, like have been included in these awards and I've just been like swamped with all of the job duties that I have to do when awards come up, which is a fabulous problem to have. I love being busy, uh, but it just threw off my entire work week. So the Rakuten Kobo Emerging Writer Prize, the ninth annual one, is in. And I really love this prize because they're two, they have three categories every year. Their two main ones are literary fiction and then nonfiction. And then they switch every year between like romance, speculative fiction, or mystery, which is like fantastic. I love that it's always different. Um, and they have like, especially depending on the year or like, I don't know how they decide this. Maybe it's decided based on like, the amount of submissions they get for a certain genre, or maybe it's just predetermined. But I really love that it's all, um, like, it's all really, like, it's different every year kind of thing. So their nonfiction shortlist, um, oh, God, Run Towards the Danger by Sarah Poli is on it, which, blah, I did not like that book. Um, you can pro- definitely listen to the very first episode of this podcast, where I talk about the best and worst of the Canlip books that I read um, in 2022. And this was on the worst list. I really also like that Son of Elsewhere by Elamin Abdel Mahmoud is on this. I didn't like it. Um, I DNF'd it just because, I don't know, I just, there's a lot of history 
in the beginning of the book and I was just I was not into reading history at the time so that's why I sadly had to put it aside um there's also this book that I've seen on other awards Our Voice of Fire by Brandy Morin um a memoir of a warrior rising so I know that's House of Anansi and I think that's in good standing to win maybe um there's Invisible Boy by Harrison Mooney I've never like I recognize the cover but I don't know the, too much about the author or there's Valley of the Bird Tail, um, an Indian Reserve, a White Town, and the Road to Reconciliation by Andrew Stobo Snyderman and Douglas Sanderson. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see which one wins that. But um, Loki really rooting for our voice of fire because I just think that like that's just the most recognizable one outside of like mainstream big five publishing that I recognize. Um, for the literary fiction shortlist, I recognize Wildfires by Sophie Jai, which I do have on my TBR somewhere, <laughs> whether it's in my house or in my garage to be determined. Um, oh, sorry, I guess I should say one book. I haven't re- heard of it, though, that I didn't mention for the nonfiction shortlist is For the Love of Learning by Kristen Phillips, A Year in the Life of a School Principal. Yeah, I don't know too much about this already forgotten about it anyways back to literary fiction um so we have wildfire wildfires by sophie jai the broken places by francis peck which i do recognize but i think it's canlit um i think the book that should absolutely win we measure the earth with our bodies by Zering yang som lama you know i love that book again if you listen to that very first episode of the podcast you will hear me rave about this book it was my favorite one of 2022 so i think this book um deserves all the like all the awards basically we also have her first palestinian by saeed tb which is a short story collection i was gonna buy it but then i looked at it in store and it was such a weird trim size so i'm like i don't want like it's just it seems so weird to have it on a bookshelf (laughs) so that's why i haven't read it um this one's good tear or tear by erica mckean which is more horror i think or dystopian so i'm kind of surprised it's on the literary fiction shortlist side um but i'm not mad at this like if i think if a small canlet press is gonna win it should totally be erica mckean um and then we have the island of forgetting by jasmine seeley which i always forget is by a canadian author like the cover is so pretty it's that pink one with the palm tree thingy um in the background um so yeah like i i recognize basically all of these books so i mean obviously my heart belongs to we measure the earth with our bodies but i wouldn't be mad if any other book wins to be honest um, and then this year we have the speculative fiction shortlist. So I only know three of these books out of the five or six that are here. So Radium Girl by Sophie Papamarco. Um, I believe, yeah, this is stories. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about it. I actually didn't even know it was speculative fiction until it was on the shortlist, to be honest. Um, but again, it's always a book that I have meant to read. And probably I will definitely buy it if I do see it on shelves, like when I'm out shopping this Saturday. The book that I think will win, if there is a book to win, is Satellite Love by Genki or Genki Ferguson. Um, it was on Canada Reads at one point. But yeah, I just feel like it's just, I don't know, I just feel like the big canlet or sorry the big five companies tend to win like this extra like you know like this extra category that they do because they have romance like 
a little Camlet press isn't going to win from the romance category when they have it for Kobo. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like this, this section is just meant for big five, but that's just my personal opinion. We have another book called In Veritas by CJ Levine, which I've never heard of before. Um, we also have The World Collective by Susan Cullen, also never heard of it before. Dying Wishes by Anitha Krishnan, never heard of before. And then the book for Dunder Press, The Petting Zoos by K.S. Covera, which I absolutely loved. And I'm not just saying that because I work at the press, I promise. Um, truly a really great book um, about obviously a pandemic, <laughs> which is terrifying how this author, she finished the book in March of 2020. And then our world shut down, basically. So she all those themes of like skin hunger, loneliness, isolation, like she captured them in her book before we even knew we had a pandemic. Go figure, you know, I don't know how these authors do these things. Uh, but yeah, but it's like about a woman like, yeah, it's it's about like illegal touching clubs and that kind of stuff. But I find it more about a woman who becomes her own. Um, and rediscovers who she kind of is after like a, obviously a midlife not a midlife crisis but like you know she's at the prime of her life basically and the world shuts down and she's you know she's past the prime of her life now she's trying to move on and you know be someone new kind of thing so I thought it was a really great book obviously I hope the petting zoos wins because I'm biased in that sense <laughs> um, but I think I think one of the more recognizable books are gonna win like Radium Girl Satellite Lover again like the petting zoos um like if you look at Canlit stuff, I just, I don't know about the other three, but hey, if one of those win, I mean, obviously somebody will win, um, but good luck to everybody. And then the Crime Writers of Canada, which I realize might not be that big of a prize, but it's like our main mystery prize here in Canada. So it's, it's totally worth something or at least worth mentioning in this podcast and obviously worth paying attention to, I think. Um, let me find the shortlist. Here we go. So they have a bunch of categories. I will leave the link in the description with, you know, like where you can find them all. Um, but I think obviously the biggest one is the best crime novel, which is sponsored by Rakuten Kobo and the author wins a thousand dollar prize. So the finalists for this category are Take Your Breath Away by Linwood Barkley, Going to Beautiful by Anthony Bedilka, An Unthinkable Thing by Nicole Lundrigan. Uh, Please Join Us by Catherine McKenzie. And then the last book in that category is Daughters of the Occupation by Shelley Sanders. So pretty much, I don't know, I think Stonehouse Publishing might be small can lit, but anyways, um, either way, like pretty much dominated by the big five. <laughs> and then we have the best crime first novel, which obviously we love debuts here. We have The Pale Horse by T. Lawrence Davis, Killer Time by Bill Edwards, The Damned Lovely by Adam Frost, Citizens of Light by Sam Sheltzand, and The Man from Middlework by M.Z. Erlocker. This is definitely where the small candlelit presses shine, at least for this year, for the best crime first novel. Um, and yeah, they have a bunch of other... Like they have the Howard Engel Award for Best Crime Novel Set in Canada, which one of our books, Blood Atonement by S.M. Friedman, is on it. And again, if you listen to that very first episode of the podcast, you will see that Blood Atonement was on my favorites list of the year. <laughs> um, we have the Who Done It Award for Best Traditional Mystery, uh, Best Juvenile or YA Crime Book, which I'm going to pay attention to because I really do like crime thriller YA books. I know some people don't like them, but I love them. I always think that they're 
better sometimes in a sense than like adult ones because like I'm so bored of them. But anyways, um, then we have the Brass Knuckles Award for Best Nonfiction and then the Award for Best Unpublished Manuscript. So I believe the winner of that will probably win a publishing contract possibly. It's sponsored by ECW, so I'm assuming ECW will publish the winner. I don't know. I'm sure that's how it works, but regardless. Um, yeah, so that's a lot of award news. In terms of book mail, I'm just dragging it over here so it's closer to me. Um, I will leave, oh gosh, there's just so much to kind of go through. Oh gosh, where do I start? Okay, so Rising Action Publishing, which is, I believe, a new publishing company. Um, they sent me Burlington by Heather Dixon. I love the cover. It's so pretty. Um, and the tagline is, what's more important, fitting in or uncovering the truth? And I hope, obviously, they uncover the truth because that's probably what the point of the crime novel is. Um, Anita from McClelland and Stewart so kindly sent me the Journey Prize stories, the best of Canada's new black writers selected by David Sheriandi, Asia Dugan, and Kinesia Lubrin. Um, oh my God, this book is so, I love the cover. I love the Journey Prize and that they do this for um, soon to be, I think that's how I would classify this as. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Anita sent me the Journey Prize stories and a finished copy of A History of Burning by Jenica Oza, which I think I had to lean over to read that title. So I think I got the author's name right. Um, so thank you, Anita, if you're listening. I absolutely love you. Um, and thank you for the books. I can't wait to read them. That is not can lit. Why did I bring this in my pile sorry about that um esplanade books so basically i think this is vehicle let me check yes vehicle press they sent me dandelion daughter uh by gabrielle boulian trembley and it's a translation are translations eligible for the giller i don't know because heather o'neill calls it a novel of delicate quivering beauty so i should honestly know if translations are eligible but i will predict that this is a submission, possibly, just based on the Heather O'Neill quote. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, Radio Canada, El Canada, oh, yeah, because it's translation. So I think with translations, it has to be within like a year of publication for it to be eligible. Um, I'm not sure, but anyways, we'll we'll read it and find out <laughs> i should know the rules oh gosh and then ecw sent me sunsetter by curtis leblanc and denison avenue by daniel inez and christina wong um jen suk fong lee i was told had acquired both of these books and honestly i'm i don't know i don't know about denison avenue i think it's fiction i don't know why i'm so confused by it like I'm pretty sure it's like a literary-ish fiction novel. Um, oh, it, I'm so dumb. It says a novel <laughs> right on the cover. So yes, it is fiction. And then Sunsetter is like a literary thriller. Like Michael Christie blurbed it. It has great blurbs. But Jessica Johns, author of Bad Cree, Nabin Ruthnam, Sam Weeb. Like this is a big name book, I think, for ECW. And I think, I don't know. I don't, I know ECW. I believe they have never been shortlisted or longlisted for Giller before. So I don't know if either of these books, you know, they might be, I would, I would be surprised if one of these aren't 
regular submissions just based on like the packaging and the story of the book kind of thing and based on like their other catalog like books in their catalogs but I don't know them all off by heart Uh, but yeah I'm predicting maybe this year is the first year for UCW I don't know we'll have to see but these books could do it but then I think if Moon of the Crested Snow didn't even make it on the Giller I know it's like more dystopian um, but I would imagine it to have been the submission for the Gellers back when it was first published. Like, I don't know, fingers crossed for ECW. All right. And yeah, so I think that's a lot of books I had to talk about. I'm literally sitting on my floor holding my mic. So it's kind of uncomfortable right now. My hand hurts. Um, I'm getting a good hand workout though. But anyways, remember Saturday is Canadian Independent Bookstore Day. Go out to your local bookstore, go support they're going to have giveaways. Um, Some of them will have like special stickers and like other merch that publishers have printed specifically for the state. So don't let the resources go to waste. (laughs) Go out and buy them any totes or stickers or whatever. Um, What else? Oh, and SIBA is having their annual like book contest for book lovers type thing. So if you buy a book, like just submit all the information in your receipt afterwards. Um, Like and books by Canadian authors count as like an extra entry. So yeah, go buy, go shop from your local Canlit bookstore this year, but also buy Canadian authors. So, you know, there's what, eight, nine episodes of the Get Canlit podcast. I should know this by now. Let me check super quick. (laughs) Yeah. So this is episode, you know, there's like, this is the ninth episode of the Get Canlit podcast, you know, so I have a lot of recommendations for you if you want to listen to them super quickly before Saturday and go find your books that you want to buy that are Canadian authors that you can get as an extra entry for the contest go go wild because it's a really fun day and like I said in a different podcast that I'm on um, for work I just think that Canadian Independent Bookstore Day should be a national holiday (laughs) Um, that, that will probably never happen but that's fine anyways um, have fun this weekend. I think I'm gonna drop a bonus episode of my book haul that I got. Um, but any, we will see. Like, don't hold me to it. But I'm gonna try. I promise. Um, if I don't, I'll just say it for my next episode. It's okay. But anyways, keep reading Canlit, and yeah, have a great rest of your weekend. Like I said, go enjoy Saturday. Have fun. Thanks for listening to the Get Canlit podcast, a show that's all about what Canadian authors you need to read next. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on your favorite platform and watch out for new episodes every other Tuesday. You can find me on social media at Get Canlit Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Get Canlit Pod on Twitter. Thank you and I'll see you next time.